Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. M.S.W. Media. Friends, before we get jamming with today's episode, I want to remind you that our friends at Murphy Good Winery are offering you the chance to win the job of a lifetime. That's right. Have you always wanted to live in breathtaking Sonoma wine country with a $10,000 per month salary rent-free for a year? Yeah, that's right. If wine country's calling your name, tell Murphy Good why you want a really good job. You're going to pitch them your passion, then your profession. To apply for this job, you got to go to murphygoodwinery.com. You pull out your camera. You film a little video. Tell them why you're the best candidate for it. And again, if you win, you're going to be living out there for a year, rent-free, making ten grand a month with a year's supply of wine. Forgot to mention that, too. Again, murphygoodwinery.com. Apply for a really good job you have until the end of June to do it. So what are you waiting for? Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm very excited you're here. Coming up just moments from now, two of my favorite people, repeat offenders on this show, Tom Caltabiano and Phil Rosenthal will be here. Tom just actually uh, left me a voicemail moments ago. Let's check it out. Hello. Dan Dunn, Tom Caltabiano. How are you? I am looking forward-ish to tonight with Phil Rosenthal, who, uh, as you know, travels the world, eating and drinking the best things in the world. So uh, one quick question, and I'm not saying how you answer it uh, is going to dictate whether Phil shows up tonight or not, but what are we drinking? Uh, I need to know that you pulled out uh, all the stops. What exactly are we drinking? Well, Tom, thank you for asking that. And uh, I hope, I don't even hope, I know that Phil's going to love what we're drinking today. And all you listening out there, I'm going to tell you straight up front what we're having, because maybe you'll want to pause this podcast and go out and get the same stuff so you can drink along with us. What we're drinking today is Michter's. You know I love Michter's on this. And we're going to be drinking uh, several whiskeys from their US One Expressions. Uh, those whiskeys were named to honor Michter's heritage, hearkening back to them being America's first whiskey company. And these U.S. One whiskeys, uh, oh boy, there's some of the best single barrel, small batch whiskeys available. That's all there is. Master distiller Dan McKee, love Dan. He has very exacting specifications, and they don't put out U.S. One whiskey unless it's unless it's the ready to go. Okay, that's it. And so what we're going to be drinking with Phil and Tom. Uh, we're going to have the US-1 Sour Mash. This was named Whiskey of the Year in 2019 by the Whiskey Exchange. And it's a delicious, delicious sour mash. It was it was probably their most popular product back in the 70s and the 80s. You know, sour mash. That moniker comes from the whiskey production process that's used, where they use a fermented mash as the starter for the new mash to be fermented. It's much like making sourdough bread. And Tom, I'll talk Tom about that because Tom makes bread. He does. So we're going to be having that one. 
what else are we going to be having? We're also going to be having the, uh, the US one American whiskey. So unlike bourbon and rye, which got to be aged in your, this is an unblended American whiskey aged in a way that utilizes the whiskey soaked barrels. And it just has this rich, unique flavor profile. Um, then it, back in 2013, then master distiller, Willie Pratt was the guy who released the, the first iteration of the unblended American whiskey from Michter's, and I'm going to be sipping that with my friends. And finally, we're going to be drinking the US-1 Kentucky Straight Bourbon. This is a, truly, this is a small batch bourbon. So they make it in a holding tank that's sized to fit 20 barrels. That's it. You can't blend out imperfections when you do it that way. That means excellence is necessary from every barrel. So those are the three whiskeys. If you want to go get them, or you can get them on any of the on Drizzly, Caskers, any of that, they're all about 50 bucks a bottle. That's all. 50 beans. Got it? Go get it. Or no, just listen to us talk about it. And now, without further ado, I'm off to a top secret location to conduct an interview. road again just can't wait to get on the road again the life i love is making music with my friends and i can't wait to get on the road again on the road again going places that i've never been joining me now let's just say i've been fortunate to have numerous repeat guests on the show great people fantastic people have come on the show but none have appeared on this show more times than the two gentlemen that I'm with right now. And, and I, I feel like I'm a better man because of that. Uh, the first guy, guy to my right, is the, uh, he's an Emmy award-winning writer, comedian, and the curator of a very popular uh, and growing by the day in popularity Instagram account called Everybody Loves Raymond 360, Mr. Tom Caltabiano Tom. How are you? Thank you, Dan. I, I did not know we were that frequent a guest. You, I'm you I think you and, and the man I'm about to introduce as, well, yes. as, as if it's a secret. Everybody that clicked on this already saw the photo, but we'll do that anyway. Because, you know, he is the, uh, he also has, uh, I think, a few Emmys in his collection. He created a television series called Everybody Loves Raymond. He is also the star of the wildly popular Netflix series, Somebody Feed Phil. And co-host of a podcast called Naked Lunch, which I imagine uh, is an exploration into the life and work of William S. Barrows, but we'll find out. It's Phil Rosenthal. Hello. Good to here see you. Here we are. Yes, we're Look, all Please here. sit down, everybody. We're please. all back. We're all back. And, and it's good to be here. I, I, let's immediately raise a toast because this is in person and it just hasn't happened. It's I haven't nice seen you guys be since person. before COVID. Yeah. Nice to be in person. Salute. Good it, to it, see Doesn't you. it make it all the sweeter? It really does. Having having suffered the loss of friendships and <laughs> and everyone else. I mean, to me that was I mean, if you haven't lost somebody, then it's tragic. But just to not be able to go see your friends and to gather with people and to go out to a restaurant and do that, that was terrible. So now having done without it, you realize how important it is to life. It really is. I mean, it. I uh, when I got here and I saw Phil, I just realized it's probably been three years since oh I've seen God. you. Yeah, well, I mean, that, we can't attribute. Well, I think we did all think, of that to COVID. <laughs> well, we some did, of oh, it is you just don't like you know, seeing you know, me that yeah, much. Well, that's right. No, but we no, we did a show during COVID on Zoom. That's right. But we have not seen each other, and I haven't seen Tom in in person. I don't yeah. think either. And so there were good things. They're best three years yeah, of my life. It's been. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> let's go back. Bring can back. I can I just ask what we're drinking in this first? Batch? Oh yeah. So as I as I told everybody earlier. We have Michter's, big fan of this whiskey. We're starting with the Michter's Small Batch Sour Mash Whiskey. Are you guys familiar with what sour mash means? I bet Tom knows because he's a bread maker. He is. I know a lot less. Okay. (laughs) In general. But I will say it's delicious, whatever. Oh, I didn't even sip it yet. Oh, let's see. Here we go. Mm. Listen to us sipping. I think when you toast, you have to follow through with a sip, You're supposed to. Yeah. Now- 
You getting that sweetness in that right there? <laughs> Tom or both like can we Phil's talk about crying. can we talk about the elephant in the room here? No, uh should we not? Me. No. Uh, in terms of your taste, what's going on here? It tastes very good to me. There you it's go. It's just by the way, uh usually bourbons are a little too sweet for me. And is this a product of the sour mash uh so what, what that sour it's not, that it's not that sweet. What that sour mash means like is scotch. they t- they take they take a bit of the mash yes. and mash is obviously the the starch and water and right. yeast. They take the mash that is left over in the still yeah. from the previous distillation yeah. and they use that mash to kickstart the next ah. the next mash the next fermentation. fermentation yeah. And what it generally tends to do. And by the way, most bourbons that you're drinking are sour mash bourbons. Ah, they just don't put it on the label. I see. It's very prevalent in the industry to do that. I see. To use, okay. So, so why did they put it on this one? It, because, uh, well, I think uh, I think you can, you know, the, there's a race to sort of have as many expressions as you can because people, call, you know, there are countless Michter's fans out there. Yeah. And they're going to buy every expression that comes out. So. Right. If you can do a sour mash expression and a regular expression, uh, so I'd say money, Phil, could probably be one of the reasons why. But uh, listen, I make a living making expressions, <laughs> but but I also think it stimulates conversations like this, right? You know, you get when you have people over and they say they ask you what yeah. what is a sour mash. You know, well, it sounds a little bit uh, one step closer to moonshine, right? Yeah, it sounds a little more homemade when you say sour mash, right? It sounds sour like- mask whiskey. It sounds like you know you picture the guy making it in his tub. Yes. Uh, which this is not made in the tub. No. Because no. I can. it does taste good. This it is, does taste good. Well, Tom, you make bread. So, so it's the same sort of process yeah, you use to so, make sourdough bread, right? Yeah, and, and I've made bread for since 2007 every day because I noticed during COVID, a lot of people are like, oh, you started, that's nice that you started during COVID. So I started, I got obsessed with it a long time ago. But you have a starter, it's natural yeast, it's in the air. It's in a flour water mixture, and you know it can last a hundred years. You keep feeding it. It's not like a hundred year old sock. It's like a hundred year old uh, yeast. It's but a it's, living it's thing. Strain. Yeah, it's a yeah. living strain, uh, and it's it's what gives it the delicious depth of flavor versus it's really good. Wonder Bread. I also have to tell you that um, a- after we finished filming our last season of Somebody Feed Phil, my pants were hurting me, and I needed to. Really cut back a little bit. and Go on a diet, you mean? Yeah. Okay. But one of the things I cut back on was booze. So I haven't been drinking, really. So I had one sip of this, and I just want to say I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, let me say this. First of all, I'm loving the new season of the... And I want to get into that. But I've noticed that you've incorporated alcohol more into this season it seems like especially well in the first episode that i watched which was oaxaca well, we did a whole mezcal you did uh, monolobus uh yeah uh, mezcal in yeah. there i thought it was fascinating to go i mean i love tequila as you know and mezcal i've grown to love also i don't like when it's really smoky when it has like you just licked an ashtray uh flavor but i learned going there that this does not have to be Right, the the, the smoky the, flavor, the smoke. Yeah. But to see this major distillery making the mezcal with a donkey, well, the Tahona wheel—that's uh, so I they mean, actually that, use it. It's a, a method that's not used that often anymore. It's actually used a lot more with mezcal. Yes. It's almost obsolete in the tequila world. Tell them what they do. So a Tahona wheel is a yeah. giant stone. Think Flintstones, a giant, right. and it's in a circle, and there's a donkey. That, that is, just walks, walks around in a circle, yeah. and and they and, and they that use that to the, mash the pin, the uh, the pinus, uh, that's right. the agave pinus. Be careful and, uh, how you say that. Yeah, right. Real enunciation. <laughs> to mash the pinus, and then, but that is a. I mean, that's how every agave the spirit is the was. Center made. of the agave plant, and you, that actually gets mashed and squeezed until you know the juice comes out, and that gets fermented, and that's mezcal. Yeah, if you watch the watch the not if. When you watch the episode from Oaxaca of the new season of Somebody Feed Phil, you'll see that what they're doing down, what, what Phil was taking part in, was really old school, traditional method of producing mezcal, which is throwing, when they, when they have the agaves, throwing them in the pit to, to, to steam them and all that. Where, it's like throwing bowling balls. Yeah. I mean, it's heavy. 
And and I was not very good at it, <laughs> but I was good at tasting it. You you did you did did you get in? Did you try harvesting a pina at all? Did you get out there with the with the hemidors and do you, any of the? Uh, you need you need muscles. That's you, tough. I mean, yeah, this, these people work very hard. First of all, to hack off all the leaves with a machete, uh, and then to dig this up with these shovels, it's arduous. Oh, it's yeah, and it's not crisp and cool out down there, Philip. No, right? It's no, no. Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, you have to think of all the work that goes into everything you eat and drink. It's unbelievable. These people are not to be taken for granted. These are real heroes of life. That they, the farmers of the world, right? And they are farmers. Yeah, these are these are the people that keep us alive. Do, it was it was one of the, that episode really got me because it was such a. You, I think you said it in there that Oaxaca is sort of the cultural, culinary That's right. center of Mexico. I've Even been down, more I've than been, Mexico City. Oh yeah, I've I been was down, surprised. I've been down there, and it's just the stuff they're doing. The food is so good, and, and the, isn't the place just colorful and beautiful? Like like one of the most beautiful places in the world. The I pastel think. colors and all of that. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a great. And then I think you went from there. Uh, I believe the next episode is Maine, right? Yeah. You were in you were yeah. in Maine, which I thought I've been to Portland, Maine as yeah. well and and that was a an also also a great episode and then Thank you. uh and then you went over to Finland. Yeah. And that's the one Culture Shock. I want to I, because I, I, I sometimes think about leaving this country for reasons that you know, might be evident to anybody who's paying attention. And I thought, you know what? If I, I watched that and I said, if I could go anywhere, because yes. it's a culture built on a simple philosophy, which is we can all be happy. We can, we can all have what we need. Yes. We don't have to have too much. You had a, a chef on there who used to work at Noma, which is one That's of the most right. famous restaurants in the world. And this guy's now doing a not even a food truck this is a van and he's making these these michelin star level chicken sandwiches yep. that he's charging five dollars for right. and you didn't even have to ask him why he's only charging because it's like yeah because i don't need to charge more you know i'm, I'm exactly good. right he wanted to feed the people uh, he was working in fine dining and he said how can i you know there's only only rich people could come here how do i make it especially during COVID times, he wanted to be this, have this great equalizing thing. And the equalizer is, it's delicious food. It's delicious. At any price, it would be delicious, but it's for everyone. Yeah. And, 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 and the fish. And then I, there was another part where you went out and you actually went fishing and, <laughs> and they've got this island and they got this incredible setup where you can, there's fires going and, and yes. the government pays for it. It's part of the public park system. It's <laughs> unbelievable. You can take a private boat if you have one, or you can take the public boat transportation to the islands. There's many islands. All of them are equipped with with uh, shelters and uh, fire pits and barbecues, and they even supply the wood. The government supplies it. It's part of public park. And you could do whatever you want on this island. You can hunt, you can fish, and it's just like for the people. It's really nice. And the cleanest air, food, and water. What else do you want? The right? only part that was I didn't like about the episode is um, you actually had a world leader on. You had the prime minister of Finland on. Yeah. And she, what is her name? Sana Marin. She's 35 years old. She's on wonderful, incredibly bright, energetic, and just seems to have the all of her ideas are in the right place. Yeah. And then came the part where she said she was married. And, and I was very... With a kid. And I was very uh, she, upset about that. But listen, that. Yeah. I, as I Go said ahead. in the thing, maybe the world would be better if more young people were in charge. Because, I mean, <laughs> she really, she was really brilliant to talk to. And the way, you know, that Finland's known as the happiest place on earth, right? So I, I brought that up. And she said, I want to be clear. It's not like we're just Disney happy. We're happy because we take care of each other. We're happy because we have clean air, food, and water, that we have social programs so no one gets left behind. It's a beautiful ideal, right? And I find this in the Scandinavian countries. Uh, we did uh, Copenhagen, and that also felt like a kind of utopian society. I. I just don't want to race past the point that Dan thought he had a shot with a very with the intelligent, of, yeah, with an intelligent oh, prime minister of a country. Yes. Tom, you've known me a long time. I've you know, seen I'm, your I have an incredible pattern. capacity hey. for self delusion. Dan, Dan <laughs> can dream, can't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, okay. You you bring up an interesting point, Phil, and it's it's 
about the show itself, I, I feel like it applies to the show itself. There is a an optimism, an idealism yes. about your show, about somebody feed Phil that belies the the state of the world, at least here in the United States. Well, we're fed a diet of horrible. Yeah, we're and, fed a, on the news. I don't care which side you're on. We get negative, negative, negative all the time. And I think if you're living in the real world, you know that's not the case. Our day-to-day life is mostly meeting great people. And I find that all over the world. Why not show that once in a while? Yeah, and it was weird. It felt almost like an anomaly to me because even in our entertainment, it's this streak of cynicism that runs through everything. And I think it's almost like if you're not cynical— yeah. There you know, well then you're what's wrong with you. But when I'm yeah. watching your show, it 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 takes you know, it takes me out of that. If only for that hour Thank that I'm you. watching the show, I'm going, Jesus Christ, I remember when you know, this was normal. Like when you'd put on the television and you'd see people doing happy things and getting <laughs> along. And I'm not trying to say that I, I want to, you know, be deluded or anything, but no. but like you said, that really does happen. Well, it's, it's just d- not represented. I'm not manufacturing any of these scenes. These are the real things. And I have a generality to say, I, again, I'm not, it's not political, the show. I don't care what side you're on. But whatever side you're on, don't you find that most people, are so much better than their governments. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's when I when I wrote Wino, yeah. I drove around the country for three and a half months, and yeah. I was certainly in places, in sections of this country. Now, this was pre, this was back when we weren't quite as, we weren't as polarized as we are now, and this back in 2014 when I made that trip. But I was, I knew that I was with people who, if it were to come up, we probably didn't agree on issues about guns and and marriage and gay marriage, you know. But it didn't. It, a, it didn't come up right. because wine was the through line, just like on your show, food is the through line. But it was really. It, I'm, I'm guessing it just didn't come up because we were, you know, we weren't being pitted against each other. You know, well, there we, wasn't, and we are being pitted against. That's each other. yeah. Now it is. That is the right? case now. Where you know, I can't even half the time. I'm like, I'll say, you know, I'll have a show and people are like I'm a big fan of your show and then they'll say but I hate what you your thoughts on whatever that issue is and that wasn't the case before but with your show now I don't it takes you out of it for that hour that you watch that show you forget how much we're supposed to hate each other (laughs) I I think aren't you aren't you what because what gets highlighted in Phil's show is all this passion it's the same thing that I see with when you're tasting good yeah this good uh, liquor, yeah. let's call it uh, this good sour mash. You're you're you respond to people's passion, right? And like when you when I watch the main episode, for example, yeah, that guy in that diner, I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, right? That's like there's a diner in the middle of nowhere, yep. and it's the greatest looking food you've ever seen. Also, for but. You're responding to it's just like the people that make the really good alcohol. It's like passionate, yep. Yep. and it's the same with food. It's passionate, and so much of our life is lived in this kind of we're in the middle of the road, like not excited about stuff and right. drudgery. And so you get this. What's little the name touchdown. of that diner? By the, the Palace Diner. The Palace Diner. What a story! I mean, that's that's in Biddeford, Maine, just outside of Portland, Maine. Old railroad dining car, hundred years old. Went out of commission. The conductor of the railroad bought the car and put it in a vacant lot in Biddeford and just served what they always served at this 15-seat counter. You know, it looked like an old-school diner where you could see into the window where the kitchen was. It's not very big. It's only a railroad dining car. 15 seats at a counter. And then, obviously, the man passed away over time, and then these young people came in. One of them is a chef from the Gramercy Tavern in New York. So again, fine dining. He left the menu the same, but he elevated every single item on that menu by making it the best omelet you ever had, the best cheeseburger deluxe you ever had, the best tuna sandwich you ever had, the best fried chicken sandwich you ever had. It looks so good. I I think that's my favorite place of the season. 
Is no, that you could see it? You could see it when you were eating. Because he, he goes, I go. This, do you know how phenomenal? He goes, well, it's a pretty low bar. And I said, no, it's the opposite. It's the highest bar. Why? Because it's the food we know so well. We all can be a judge of that tuna sandwich because we've had them. It looks right? so good. And then I wonder about this because I, I, I you and I've talked about this before. I had uh, friends of friends who are yeah. huge fans of your show and they hey. I, remember, I think we talked about they planned a vacation uh to go to some they're, they're planning their vacation around places where you went that makes me so happy. so i wonder when that up when that goes up on netflix yeah that place is so small they didn't they need, got by the way blown they, up. they didn't need me they they have a line out the door anyway because it's just that good i mean imagine going there for breakfast and having the best french toast you ever had or the best pancakes you're like how can this be so much better all it is is quality of ingredients and a tiny bit of chef's ingenuity and imagination a tiny bit they're not reinventing anything they're just making the best version yeah. by the way did we did we say somebody feed phil on netflix because people there's nothing worse <laughs> than describing I did say that. this <laughs> is so good to watch this thing that you haven't seen yet so I believe yeah. I, I believe i said that in the intro okay yes, I, I, uh, I just well, let me i will do the thing s- called a callback tom at the end oh, right? oh we like that. i'm a pro callback. dude i am a pro man at the end and, i will say yeah callback. be sure and check and, out uh, by the way i was trying to figure out today because i when you said let's let's have phil back on i said yeah and I don't have to be on because I love talking about Phil's show, et cetera. But having said that, I was thinking I, I sat across from Phil almost this exact distance for nine straight years. Nine straight years I had to look He's at Phil's enough. face. Yeah. But I think I had at least 2,000 meals with you oh my God. just yes. during Everybody's Raymond. Just, yes. So just during, then there's the 15, 17 years after of lunch and food and stuff. And the enthusiasm you're hearing for Phil that you see on camera is the same thing that he has normally when no when the cameras aren't rolling. When they're not rolling. Yes. Yeah. And I think that comes I like through. it. Well, but but here's the thing. And you talked about, you know, how we're so divided now and I, so why it's not hard to do the show because we all have common ground. Here's one of them. Eating, drinking. We all got to do it and we all love to do it. No, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a tribesman in Borneo. <laughs> you like you like that that food that's going to be tonight's dinner. Yeah. You know, the trick is to make it tasty and appealing to everyone. Well, and the trick that you're pulling off and is that I don't know who else is doing this now is uh, there was a there was a void there for, you know, people want to see someone like you who has this this love of this clear enthusiasm about eating food. What is it that makes people just love that to get vicariously through you going and doing it? You know, I, they- I, I, I think it is the genuine enthusiasm that I have for it. When you're, you're talking to the luckiest guy you're ever going to meet. Yeah. I really believe that. I mean, to get that job, it took it, by the way, it took 10 years to get this gig. Right. But I appreciate every damn moment of it. I said to my brother, who's one of the producers and our director, Richard. Yeah, Richard. I, after we filmed the first scene in Barcelona for the first iteration of the show on PBS, I said, if we did nothing else, this was great. I was so happy to do this. So every single thing has been bonus upon bonus, jackpot upon jackpot. And I'm truly happy doing this. Maybe there's something to be said for just a happy show. Yeah. You know? I just I agree, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm enjoying and, it. And I find that that food is the great connector. And then for me, and from where I come from, laughs are the cement. As anyone who pays even the slightest bit of attention to me knows, Fresh Victor is my favorite mixer brand in the world. You know what? Screw it. It's my favorite in all the universe. They make 100% fresh, juice-based, cold-pressed, preservative-free, refrigerator-worthy cocktail mixers. All their ingredients are real, they're all recognizable, easy to pronounce. Lime, mint, ginger. See what I mean? Easy. Fresh Victor mixers are kosher, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and light on calories. 
although they don't taste like it. Their seven award-winning flavors mix deliciously with any spirit, wine, or sparkling water. Not only does Fresh Victor live and breathe sustainable practices, but they champion them. All their ingredients are fair trade, the packaging is recyclable, and the juicing plant is 100% solar. You get the drift. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a pretty juicy deal to my listeners. Simply go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20. Get 20% off your order. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. So, one of the new wrinkles in the show is you're having friends on you you facetime them yep. or google time them whatever you're doing i don't want to offend sponsors here and they tell you a joke i tell you a joke for your for your for father Max. for yeah. your for your late father well, my dad uh had great jokes and every episode we'd have a joke from him and it was i didn't know what to do after he passed and i thought a great way to honor his memory would be to tell a joke every week keep that tradition going because it was his tradition and so i'm blessed to have these funny friends and even my son who told the first joke of the season yeah, well, to kind of kick it, was it a off good joke too was don't it? give it away okay Dan. oh that's right it's yeah, in the hawk episode but you see you see ben you even see murray the dog and the rest of the family but i just love this and what i'm thrilled is that the people the audience they get it they get why i'm doing it and then they like the jokes. So so that's can, nice. Can I say I was at a screening that Phil did for... Who, who was there, Phil, besides your fans? It was just a premiere of an episode. It was part of the Netflix is a Joke Festival. Oh, great. Yes, yeah, right. so they had a big screening and a Q&A, and they even fed the people, too, oh. which was awesome. Yeah. But when his family came on, and when what he's talking about when Ben came on to tell the joke, yeah. what an eruption yes. from the crowd. Because they've gotten attached to, you know, people get attached just like a characters in a sitcom, exactly. right? You're the their family. family. Yep. The family, the family. And, and I was, I mean, of that evening, the thing that made me the happiest was that people wanted to take pictures with Ben. That's great. Right? Yeah. Phil's son. Because he yeah. scored doing his joke. He's super funny. And I, I was just so proud. It was yeah. really sweet. I, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. You, you had Brad Garrett. On one of them. and Hysterical. Brad is just really funny. <laughs> of course. Of course I said when it was a joke for Max, time to do it. He came out with the most X-rated thing that was unusable. Yeah. And Had to be bleeped. Uh, to, yeah. Just to be bleeped. And so then he settled down. People, and people and did a great joke. Yeah. Brad Garrett played Robert on Everett's Raymond. He is not Robert from Everett's Raymond. <laughs> so when people go to see him live, they're like, oh, we're going to see Robert from Everett's Raymond. And then they see Don Rickles, yes. who's a little bit dirtier. <laughs> and so it's like p- people are shocked. And But he is one of the funniest human beings on the planet. And I, I, I was shocked, though, when I saw that episode yes. that he was doing that. I go, yeah. oh, my goodness, I can't believe My favorite thing is when he calls for Izzy, his oh, wife. Yeah. He goes, come on in. Get in here. <laughs> that, <laughs> hysterical. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of Brad, I talked earlier. I was joking when I said that, that Phil's podcast that he's doing with David Wilde, Naked Lunch, is actually not about William S. Burroughs, who wrote the book, Naked Lunch. Yes. It's uh, it's you get together. You and David have David was a is a writer and he was a longtime music uh, writer for uh, music and, and entertainment for yeah. Rolling Stone. Yeah. So you have you just have lunch and one of the episodes that I just listened to was with with Brad and Raymond. Yes. Uh, and I love the idea. You just get together and and by the way I love it so much that I'm now throwing my name into the hat. You're going to be on as future guest on. Yes. Because yes. I feel like... We my- just have to run out of people. He told me he was yeah. booked for seven years. <laughs> but our naked lunch will involve... Uh, we might be naked liquid lunch. Why yeah. not? So I think we could do that. So I would throw that in there. But that's a really great concept. I listened to the one with... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad, uh, Brad Paisley, Paisley was on. Who wrote our theme song? How the great theme- is that? And who does the theme song on the, the, the new... Oh, Lake Street Dive does Does uh, Somebody Feed somebody Phil. Somebody Feed Phil, yeah. Uh they recently did a concert in Red Rocks. Have you ever been to Red Rocks? I have been in to Colorado. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful venues, maybe in the world. Huge concert, thousands and thousands of people outdoors. 
and for the first time ever, they performed the theme song live. And the people responded, and they showed my opening credits on oh, a giant great. screen behind them. And then during the musical break in the song where a guitar solo comes in, they wanted me to come out. So I came out on stage. I didn't know what to do. So I grabbed the fruit tray from the green room <laughs> and I fed them all as they, as the guitar was playing. I hand fed them. And then I still had a little more time. So I threw bananas and pears and apples into the audience. Oh, that's amazing. So you ball. were, so you were there. So you were down in the bowels of Red Rocks. I've been down there too. Isn't it cool? It's such an amazing place. And, they're in the hallway. In the, it's built into the rocks. That's okay? right. It's built in the rocks. And it's been a venue for a hundred years. In- they used to have just religious pageants there. Yeah. And then, then, and then you see everyone who's played the Beatles. You can't name an act that didn't play. Like no, yeah. And they well, they have outside on the wall. They yeah. one of the rooms. They have placards that that list all of the concerts for every year they only do them in the summer right obviously because it's right, right. freezing cold in the right. winter but the other thing that's really cool is everybody that's played there signs the walls that's and right. the floors and markers and yes. i remember being down there and i'm like walking around and i was like wait bono yeah tom petty amazing you know, you're right? like looking and then you History. know new band portugal the man and yes. bands like that it really uh, just one of the great music venues in the world, I think. And Dan, let me ask, because Phil's there as the guest of people who did the theme song of his hit TV show. Why is a guy from Philly just roaming around in the bowels <laughs> of Red Rock? I actually How went there. You? Well, we were having Michters on this show, but uh, we have had Stranahan's before. Uh, the folks from Stranahan's Whiskey, which is made in Denver, invited me out. They had a dinner on the stage oh. at Red Rocks, we wow. ate on stage. No fans. Nobody were. They weren't cheering us that. on. Yes, yeah. he's going in for the appetizer. Tickets <laughs> didn't. Tickets didn't sell. For that. I'm, by the way, I'm almost at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Well, that that's it does uh, bring up an interesting point with the podcast. Do you envision eventually you guys going out and uh, you know we do this show in comedy venues? Do you envision going out with David and perhaps doing the podcast live? Absolutely, yes. We just did one. Oh, you I did. We just did the Austin TV Festival, and we they showed an episode of the show, and our Q and A was David interviewing me for the podcast. Okay. So we killed two birds with one stone, and mm-hmm. I just thought it was an important thing to show just our relationship because just like you people have to like you to listen to the podcast right so that's why so we're that not you're not you're, you're not guest right. dependent yeah right it's nice that you have us and and I know you have much bigger names than than us but if if any of these shows are to succeed they can't be guest dependent because then you're only as good as your last guest and if you have a guest that someone's not interested in they're not going to listen but if they're interested in you the host now you have a show. I, I tell people that all the time because, I you know, everybody has a podcast now. And I've got friends that will say, yeah, you know, I know uh, such and such. They might know one A-list actor, right? And right. they'll say, I'm going to have him on. Right. And my show is going to blow up. And I said, listen, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but I'm going to tell you I've had, you know, McConaughey, yeah. Soderbergh, yeah. Pitbull, Nick Jonas, everybody. I go, yes. doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Nope. I go, they might, if they put it on Instagram, you'll get a little bump you right. know, from some of the big – I go, but – they got to like you. Exactly. That's it. That's what they're listening to. Yeah. And even if you get a bump, I mean, we've had, I remember when we had Pitbull on, yeah. he he was really gracious enough to put it on his Instagram and do all this. And we did get a really nice bump. They don't stick around unless they like you. They were you a know, Pitbull They're, they're going to listen to Pitbull right. and exactly. then that's the end of it. And let, but if you give them something, yep. if they happen to tune in to hear Pitbull on your show and they go, yep. oh, this guy's all right. Yep. That's how you they build might. an audience. Bill, uh, Dan, speaking about liking you or making you more likable, can I take another drink? Yes. So we've what, had. What, are we what do we have? Now? We had the bourbon. Now we the last we one had we had the sour. Well, this is we, this what is the bourbon. I don't think did we taste the bourbon? I, yet? I already did. I didn't. And, yeah, went my, yeah I, Phil and I, I did. Tell me about this. This is just called Michter's bourbon. This is a U.S. Famous. one bourbon. You know, the U.S. one is their is their sort of their signature line of expressions, and this is just a construct a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, small batch. I believe very nice. I believe they're the stills putting out about. Uh, 20 barrels. That's about it. Really? So you don't really get the, there's no room for error there when you're doing such a small yield. Yeah. It's got to be good from the beginning. Uh, Dan McKee's the, the master distiller there now, does a great job with this. What do we got here? It's uh, about 40, <laughs> 45.7% alcohol by volume. All of these <laughs> I think whiskeys, I got that amount. <laughs> all of these whiskeys are 50 bucks. 
That really? We're oh, yeah, very that's reasonable. Wow. And, uh, for, for something this delicious. That yeah. Now, Phil, you, yes. you like, which one do you like better so far? Uh, wow. We have the sour mash I and like the them both. straight They're bourbon. both very different. Yeah. And very, I, I, this I will say, if you drink, because Phil loves tequila. If, Mary's, Mary's, Murray likes tequila. That's Murray saying I like tequila. Yes, Mur- like, Murray is, by the way. I'm not going to say Murray's more popular than you, Phil, on Instagram, but the Daily Murray is very popular. It yes. is very popular. Murray is a good boy. Uh, but the to get to spend this much on bourbon, on other boozes, let's call it what it is, like on cognac, you can't even get a, you know, that's not, it's too cost prohibitive, a cognac, to get into a good cognac, whereas you can get an amazing bourbon for $50. Yeah, I mean, there, look... There's stuff that's way higher end, uh, even even in the Michter's portfolio. You know, there's they, they've got whiskeys that are thousands of dollars, um, but their 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 core line very yeah. affordable. And and I think you can get that. You're going to see that with Maker's Mark. You're going to be able to get great whiskeys with Maker's Mark, with Rabbit Hole, with you know, uh, go down the line. Some of these great bourbons. In fact, I'm. As you know, Tom, I'm the MC of the Whiskey X, yes. which is an event Whoa. that goes all over the United States. Where they're taking a, I just did one in Brooklyn uh, last month. This sounds and, like a good job. Well, when they there, there's going to be one out here in the fall, oh, and you guys oh. will come with me. Wow. It should have been nicer to Dan when we had Damn. a chance. Phil. And Remember also, when we were in the Scotch Whiskey Society? Yes, yes. Boy, the like Whiskey that. X is is great. They they've got usually they got about seventy different. Uh, it's not just bourbons. It's you got Scotch. Okay, all. Across the whiskey category, pouring there. Also in September, I am going to be. I, th- I don't know if I can say this yet. Announce it. I think I can. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the MC of the whiskey stage at Bourbon and Beyond in Louisville, Kentucky, the oh. third week in September. It's a four day festival of music and whiskey. Uh, give you a little. Some of the bands that are playing. Okay. Uh, Pearl Jam. Heard, heard of them, them? Don't know them. Kings of Leon, Not Brandy yet. Carlisle, oh, the Doobie Brothers, her. Chris Stapleton. Uh, who else? I mean, there's just a, a an enormous amount of talent and me uh, mm. going to be there. That's in September. But, <laughs> a lot of talent and me. Yeah, but there's there's so much great whiskey out there. Yeah, really is. And I, you know, Michter's is just one of many many brands that that we love, and we've. We've enjoyed several ourselves over the years, I believe, several oh, different yeah. variety of... Um, now, now, Phil, again, we mentioned this earlier, you're incorporating a little bit more... I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the Portland, uh, Oregon issue yes. or, or the... Is that, so, is that something you want to do moving forward? Because you got another season or two more seasons? You more got? alcohol, he's More saying. alcohol oh, on, on somebody uh, feed, Phil? When it's, when it's organic and natural, like if you're in... That part of the world where Mezcal comes from, I think it was important to show that. When we were in Dublin, uh, the Guinness Storehouse is there, and I thought that was important to show. It was phenomenal. I got such an education. I mean, if you're at the source of a place and the thing, like the Guinness Storehouse in Dublin is actually the number one attraction of any kind in all of Ireland. Crazy. So I wanted to see it. You've been there. Oh, and you go up to, the best thing about it, too, well, I mean, there's so much about it. The glass of beer at the top. Go up top. It affords a 360-degree view of the city of Dublin. And beyond. And I last time, I was actually there right before COVID. I, was, yep. I got back a week before COVID hit. I was over there. They were really kind to us. I had my friend Stephen McGarry was with me. And we sat up on that roof. For, we had the guy, the, the, the brewmaster came up. And we sat there for about two hours eating and just drinking Isn't Guinness. It, and, I think it's the best glass of beer experience I think I've ever had. Absolutely. Right? And they do, did you do your face on the, did they do that thing where they, they do a thing where they take a picture of you. Oh. You didn't have that done? So, and no, then they, but and then they, they let me, they, they let me man the, the Oh, yeah, thing. do that too. But the yeah. other thing they do is they take a photo of you. Yeah. And then they superimpose that photo of you on top of the foam. That must be a new thing. They, yeah, well, I mean, this was whatever, back in 2020. Uh, yeah. I was there uh, a little before that. Wait, so yeah. Phil's face is on every Guinness every port Guinness, at the top of the... That's right. So, wow. get it, so, because they don't want people to overdo it. <laughs> Drink in the Phil, is what they call it. <laughs> we should say Dan, I think, is Irish, and Phil's wife is Irish. Oh, yes. Really? And there seems to be... Oh, yeah. yes. Well, I'm half... An, I'm 
Don Danton is my Don is my father's name. Yes. My mother's name is Fabrizio. Oh. So I am right down the middle. So you're the worst of both worlds. Yeah, I get I want to get drunk and fight because I'm Italian <laughs> and Irish. I just okay. can't figure out who to fight. Yeah, it's just, nice. Yeah. It's like mo- most of my neighborhood in Philly was that was Italian and Irish. Nice. Yeah. But and uh, by the way, the Philly rep of it's just going back to the beginning of like baseball. It was always like, okay, uh, Jackie Robinson, listen, you're going to hear some tough things. And when you get to Philly, they'll be even 10 times worse than anywhere else in the country. And why is that? I disagree, first of all. I mean, I don't know how long they're going to milk the they threw snowballs at Santa Claus, which sure. happened 50 years ago. Yeah. 50 years ago, five guys threw snowballs at Santa Claus, and for, for all eternity, were the worst fans. That said, well, he had you're from, coming, you're, you guys are from New York, so come on. Give well, me New a break. Jersey, give New York. Throw rocks. Yeah, we throw yeah, rocks. Give me a break here yeah. on, the, uh, on the righteousness of the, hey, the not, fan base, okay? Um, but have you done, I, I'm trying to remember, did you, have you done Philly? Uh, yeah, I can't say. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Because, I mean, they've got you know, Zahav, and, which I guess routinely gets named as one of the you know, one of the best restaurants in the country. Amazing. I feel like there's a... Wait, was, was I feel like there's a wink in, in there. Who, I think, who was in Israel with you, Philip? Michael Solomonov, who came Philly. to Tel Aviv, and he has the world-famous Zahav restaurant, which has been rated, you know, one of the best restaurants in America, if not the world, several times. So and he took a Philly guy to Israel because there could, because he's, more tension there. Well, he's yeah. actually born in Israel. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How can we introduce Things were going tension? too well. Yeah. The Middle like, East, what about a guy from Philly? Let's drop like, him let's in. Let's get this Philly guy, and then we, got, we get, and then we got another guy from Philly who's from Palestine. Let's bring them all over. <laughs> yeah. let's, get the, let's juice this show up. Um, okay, so I'm feeling like, and you can just wink at me, I'm feeling like there might be a Philly episode in our future of Somebody Feed Phil, which I hope, because I, one thing, you can say a lot of things about my hometown. Yes. But man. There's so many great. It's a great, great food city, it, and it's gotten really great. I will, I will say that not related to Phil's show. Phil was in going to Philadelphia, yep. and I said, "Hey, you know, what would be better is if I came with you." <laughs> and then my friend, who you've met, Key Lee, who was in the yep. Korea episode with Phil yep. and and me, or we were in I yep. his episode. That episode, the hot dog. Navy Hot soup. Hot dog stew. Navy yeah. Army stew. Army, Army stew. stew. Yes. Yeah, not Navy I remember soup. That. Not yeah. <laughs> Navy soup. I don't know. But Phil said, hey, I'm going to be in Philly. Key came down. He's from Philly. And we had cheese steak. And it oh, was yeah. at not the two competing ones. Right. Is that what it is? Pat's it? and Gino's. Nope. Don't bother. <clears throat> it I, was at another one. Do you remember Phil? Because I, I. John's s- Roast Pork or oh. Dalessandro's? I think Alessand- John's Roast Pork. Yeah, Alessandro's, maybe. amazing. John's Ro- Roast Pork. Amazing. Maybe. Steve's Prince of Steaks is another big one. That's oh, in, I don't know that one. Steve's is routinely in the top three or four. Wow. Uh, Northeast Philly. They have several locations. I'm going to Philly uh, next week. I don't know when this is airing, but I'm going there for the Alex's Lemonade. This is airing, this is airing on Tuesday. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, tomorrow. come see me at Alex's Lemonade, everybody. Tomorrow. Yeah, this is Which tomorrow. is uh, Saturday. What's uh, the date? The 11th, Saturday, June 11th. 11th. Okay. Uh, Alex's Lemonade is one of the great... Uh, food festivals in the world, and it's to benefit a children's cancer uh, fund. And the, all the great chefs of Philly come out, and for the price of admission, you get to taste them all. Wow. Alex's Lemonade is to benefit um, curing children's cancer. Exactly right. Yeah. And so it's so fantastic. This Saturday, June 11th, I'm going to be there. in Philadelphia. Yep. And Phil's going to seek out Steve's Prince of Steaks while you're there. You should definitely do that. If they're, if they're at Alex's Lemonade. If, he might he's, be. if yeah. he's not, I ain't going this trip because yeah. I'm going to be stuffed from all the great things there. Well, you talked about that. You, 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 we've talked about this before on the show, and you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I don't know if we were on the air when you mentioned that, but how do you keep – you're in good shape, man. How do you do it? Uh, because you're Are you you're coming on to eating. Phil? Because it's very uncomfortable. He looks sexy he just right now. He, you you eat, closer closer to me, yeah. but you're eating. Yes, I, I understand. I mean, it's I realize it's, one it's for the show. I realize it's for the show, and you're not always eating like that. But so you know how they make a dog food commercial? Yeah, they don't feed the dog until the commercial. That's it. You so just, I'm the dog. You just don't eat. I don't eat until and and what you're seeing is a week's worth of filming condensed into less than an hour. So if you see me eating a lot in a scene, yes, I am. But that's probably all I ate that day. Right? And the other thing is, uh, you don't really see me finish anything. So I taste 
everything and finish nothing. Once in a while, obviously, if it's a two-bite thing, I'm going to eat the whole thing. And if it's one of the greatest things I've ever put in my mouth, I'm finishing this damn thing because I don't know when I'm going to get to Chiang Mai in Thailand Well, you joke about that often on the show. You'll say, hey, can you send me a – Yes. Do do any of the people send you things? Because you you met, you'll say, where can I get this? I got. Have you ever had any of the places that you visited? One FedEx you. What One. has it been? Yeah, Saint Tour bagels from Montreal. They you got. They sent you. They a sent me bagels. bagels, but they do this. They have a mail or anybody can get this. But I guess uh, you know we hit it off well, and they knew how much I loved it. And I think it's one of the best bagels in and the world. And they travel They travel well. Yes. And we went there right. with all of the writers from Everybody's Raymond. That's we right. We were at the Montreal Comedy that. Festival. That was years and before we filmed there. Yeah. yeah. And so we thought, the best bagels in Montreal? It just sounded crazy. They're so delicious. And we went there, and there's a there's a density and a flavor profile that you just don't get like in just any other bagel. Just a tiny sweetness, like a tiny drop of honey. Right? Yeah. And then they're wood-fired, which is the other thing. That's yeah. what makes it a Montreal bagel. Right, yeah. But here in LA now, we have some real competition to not just New York, but to Montreal as well. We have something called Courage Bagels. I don't know if you've had those. I've never had them, but I've heard you talk Holy about. I've had Coward yeah. Bagels, but yeah, <laughs> I have um, no courage in my life. I'm a... You've had them, yeah, Phil. I just, I, I just realized something. Yeah. You were in Thailand, right? Uh, you told me about a cow soy soup. That's right. I told Dan Dunn. To go get that cow soy soup. Oh, the out, very, out the in, very same one? In Burbank. In, in right? Studio City. In Studio oh, City. Oh, that one. Yes. Oh. Where the chef comes from Chiang Mai. Yeah, cow Oh, it was so soy. good. It was, I, I was out Isn't there it doing... a miracle? But yeah. I never knew it existed. Yes. Yeah. a mile from my house. A little hole in, yeah. little so, strip club Still there? Place, yeah. Not a strip club. Is it still there, Tom? Strip, strip, strip mall. mall. Oh, yeah, different. It's exchange. Sorry, I was thinking about Phil again. Oh, yeah, strip club, I'm sure. Strip club, not the But it's just funny that that's so close to my house. My friend has to go to Thailand to discover it, to tell me that there's a yes. place to go here. And I tell some schmuck from Philly to go there. This is it's why like you travel. Because we didn't even know that this dish exists. The minute we filmed there, the minute I was done with... And this is one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my life, this dish called cow soy. I googled cow soy Los Angeles. Like... Because we have a wonderful Thai town. We have, the, I think, the largest collection of Thai people in the world outside of Thailand. And so we uh, sought this out and found some pretty damn good cow soy here. Fantastic. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. A, a, a food I've never had. Phil, should we, only because the walking was so loud, should we introduce your daughter at all? <laughs> who just entered in a way that was out of a... It's just a, people a, walking a around. My, my, daughter, my daughter just entered... I don't know if she likes bourbon or whiskey. You want to taste this, Lily? Lily you're of age, God, Lily. I'm so sorry. What shoes you're are you sorry. wearing? I, I, that's the loudest I've ever. That was They're out of a movie. They're called clodhoppers. I know. <laughs> I know, but that's the that's the loudest please, I've ever please, heard. Please sit, have some whiskey with us. Marie it's it's stop. it's a funny thing that Tom mentioned when you're talking about the bagels and the little ingredients. It's the same thing with with spirits too. Uh, I just had a, a Colin uh, uh, Asari uh, Pia on the show. He's a, a master mixologist, and one of the little tricks he taught me about making cocktails is put a little put a little salt in there, right? A little salt in there to get the to get even if it's just like a, 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 a you know a uh, gin and tonic, uh, like a, a sour like a sour yeah. cocktail. Any you know with a with a fruit element in there. Put a little salt in there, and then a little pepper. Oh. In as well. Wow. Kind of, yeah, just a tiny bit, and it gets the thing. But, which let's have that last whiskey before good. we get off, because I the can't American, yeah. keep you so, guys too American long whiskey. Here. Yeah, oh, this is yeah. the this is a blended whiskey. It's not. A, yeah, this is the Michter's. Uh, That's a oh, genuine like cork. And and what's the price of that whiskey? Fifty bucks for you, Phil. Forty nine ninety nine. I only wanted to bring affordable things, Phil, because I Tom told me you've fallen on hard times, and well, I wanted it's to make been sure a long time. I didn't want you to feel, you know, out of your element or anything here. Philip, pour me a drop in here. There. You go. Yeah. Now, Lily doesn't have a mic. Good. Lily looks. That's vit. all right. She's gonna. She's gonna taste this first. Okay. Oh. This is. Uh, come over here, Lily. Right. More gear. Hi, everybody. Hi, Lily. Hi. Welcome to the show. Oh my God! Thank you so much, Lily. Are you coming from an audition? No, I'm not. We're <laughs> Why? Going, we're going to dinner. We're going to dinner. Oh. That's why. Oh. I think the shouting, hello. Where are we going? Then the loud oh, oh, foot Oh, we, drops. not we, us. Okay, no, no, no. Where are we going? I was like, no, no, do no, they, will they allow me to go in with this Phillies jersey on? Yeah. No, in fact, I have to dress up a little bit. To really? By the way, yeah, I will. They said no denim, no t-shirts. What? Oh, I got to change everything about Phillip. myself. Quickly. I'll say. Phil is in denim underwear. 
Um, that, Lily? I love it. Do what you is really? It? What is it? It's, this is a Michter's. Uh, this is actually not oh, the no, bourbon. This Michter's is a whiskey. Yeah, this is just so. This is a blend. It's you know, it's a blend of various whiskeys. Again, when we talk about bourbon, yeah. there are rules. The mash has to be fifty-one percent corn. It's got to be aged 41%, in fifty-one. Fifty-one percent. It's got to be aged in new white American oak barrels. It means they can only use them once for bourbon. Once they use them, they usually ship them off to age scotch and tequila and rum and everything else. It's got to be aged a minimum of uh, uh, three years. Four. Years. My God, it's been a while. I, I would say I would that's say four very nice. So, Philip, only because Dan. I, I know that Phil doesn't like something that's too sweet, which is like he like that's why he likes his daughter. Yeah. But the uh, <laughs> um, which one of these now, Phil? Of the three, three? yeah, I'm yeah. going to say the first one, the sour mash. How the about that? Sour mash. Yeah, I I, I think, think I'm with you on that. Yes, yeah, the sour mash is probably my favorite. Look it's at got, me, it's everybody. It's Agree with the expert. It's got a little Not bit more Tom. complexity to it. I think. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. These are. Here's what I would say about what this. was your favorite? I so first of all. I love them all, but I think the sour mash as well, or the second one, the uh-huh. bourbon. Yeah, so here's the thing with this unblended American whiskey. This is what I would say. If you are a, a whiskey neophyte, you're, you don't want to have something that's going to be challenging. And I mean that in a good way. And, and yeah. you know this with food, Phil. When you yes. go, there are things that you eat, and I see it when you're doing the show, where yes. it is not just... A simple, we talked about that diner, right? That was, but there's other foods you eat that have, again, challenging is the word that comes up, but but you can tell you love it, but it's certain, it takes a little bit of intestinal fortitude to have that, right? Absolutely. There's things we call accessible to everyone. That's it. Simple flavors that go back to childhood that we understand. We understand a burger, right? We don't understand a burger covered in crickets. (laughs) <laughs> but right? you've had that, right? Yeah. Or something no, like, I haven't. I've, but I have had crickets. I have had certain bugs and worms now in in my experience. And you know, five ten years ago, I wouldn't go near this stuff. But the thing about travel is, the more you do it, the more you're willing to go a tiny bit out of your comfort zone. Because first of all, everyone else is doing it. They're all eating it. They're not dropping dead. They like it. In fact. So you taste it. That's all I'm asking people to do is taste it. I'm not afraid to taste almost anything. There was one thing in Oaxaca that I was very happy I didn't have to taste, and you'll see that in the show. I don't want to give it away, but I do. Yes. Well, yeah, that, well, and, and I mean, I, I looked for an excuse to get the heck out of there. The visual itself yes. was enough that to... It was know, all like a horror that, movie. That's, but, sorry, that's the only time I've ever seen you avoid eating something to yes. my memory. But uh, you know what? I swear to you... If it had just been presented to me on a plate, yeah. instead of seeing it being <laughs> waiting to be cooked, uh. Uh, 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 it was so it was so like Off-putting. a nightmare. But I so so that gave me the time to go away. But I I promise you, if it had been served to me on a plate, I literally would have tasted it. I yeah. mean, I've liked it. But I, all I'm asking of you is to taste something because that if, if, if you open a mouth, you can open a mind, right? Oh. If, you can, if you can just go that tiny distance to just taste it. We're not five. What's the worst thing that can happen? You don't like it. You don't have to take another bite. That's what we told the children when they were little. Take a no thank you bite, yeah. okay? Then you can say no thank you. You don't have to eat it. But we want you to try it. That's it. If... If you had eaten that thing in Oaxaca, Phil, yes. I feel like you would have died a horrible slow death. <laughs> it certainly looked like a monster from a movie. It, it seemed yeah. like it, the worst it, torture now ever. Now you got to you got to check it out, and this probably seems like a good that seems like a good segue to the end. Um, <laughs> Wait, we're, we're, we've already done six hours. Wait a minute. We're, yeah, we've already done it. Uh, it only well, felt you know, like Phil's got to go to dinner. So, let, first off, thank you, gentlemen. It's always great to have you on the show. Thank you. I love. I'm so happy that we got to do this in person. Yes, it, it's very nice. And hopefully that'll never happen again. Where we have to wait over two years. to Oh, do you this mean never person. do it again in person? No, no, <laughs> doing no, it, having do, to wait having this to long wait. to do no. it. Um, as Tom made it clear, I need to do the callback here. First off, you're going to go to Instagram. You're going to check out everybody loves Raymond 360, where Tom, who is one of the Great photographers that I know, certainly, post some awesome stuff, 
uh, from his from Everybody Loves Raymond. And, and time Phil on in action. A Phil. lot of if you're a fan of Phil, there's a lot of Phil in action. A young a Phil, a, a young action. Phil. And by the way, uh, here's a callback. You would say, "How does Phil stay so svelte?" My word, not yours. Yeah. He wasn't at one point. The Ooh. first two years of Everest Raymond, it was not thin Phil. It was the opposite. Or as Lily called me, Fatty Daddy. Fatty Daddy. Oh, All fatty right, Daddy. And How you're gonna, of course, you're gonna check out Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. Uh, the new season is available now. All the seasons are up there, and it's so worth it. I love it. It's a great show, and you're going to you. also listen to Phil's podcast he's doing with David Wilde, which is called Naked Lunch. Do you know, uh, again, we talk about that's the William S. Burroughs book. Did you know where who gave William S. Burroughs the idea for the name of that book? No. Fellow writer friend of his. Who? Jack Kerouac. Didn't know that. That's where he got I the name. I do know that there's some other group that took a name from the book not naked lunch but steely dan that's correct it's from that book that is correct that that's is from right. naked lunch can i just say one thing about yes. books yes please you can now pre-order the somebody feed fill the book cookbook and companion book to the series wow 60 recipes from the best chefs in the world the most requested recipes from the first four seasons of the show coming in october you can pre-order now at a good price and you will like it <laughs> I thought you were going to say Pick Up American Wino by Dan Dunn, Phil's favorite book. Oh, that is not as delicious. No. No, I've cooked no. all Why would recipes. I plug your book? Yes. <laughs> uh, but wait, Philip, I have a question. Yes. Did you taste? I, I know you tasted them there. Yes. But did they have to make them for you? Absolutely. The they are recipe tested. And we had professionals doing it. And we wouldn't put them in the book otherwise if, the, if they didn't work. And they oh. work. Is there anything vegan in there? Sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, there you go. And everybody out there, uh, I'm going to wrap it up right now. I, I want to thank you for listening. I know you got a lot of options out there in the podcast universe, including Phil's show, which you should definitely be listening to. Thank you Tom for doesn't have a podcast. Down. He's the only person I know that doesn't have a podcast. Uh, Who's that? You. Oh, I'm on, I'm on every Sunday on right. Emma's Raymond 360. On the Instagram Live. Yeah. Instagram Live. I've been a guest okay, on there. Right. Okay. Phil's been a guest 50. I've asked everybody that I've wanted, anybody in the world who I thought would be good on an interview show, I've asked them. You bastard. <laughs> well, I'll be on there one of these days. I am going to be on this Naked Lunch. I'm telling you right now. I'm saying it right now. You will. Mark my words. Someday I, I'll be they'll on run there. Out. They'll I'm run sure out. They'll run out of yeah. people that are, you know, and then get to me. Um <laughs> And again, everybody follow me at the Imbiber on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to have some videos up there from this festive occasion. And uh, boys, yes, thank you very much. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. Salute. Oh, the Jesus. clink sound. The clink. Yes. Nice. Nee, do you want to taste? Do you want to there taste we that? go. And that's I, it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.